I love it. Yeah, once you said that's what Grayson wanted to do, I'm like, okay, forget it, that's it. You know, I didn't care. Chicago could have asked, I would have turned them down. All right. Uh, glad, you're, glad, you're, glad you're here this morning. Thanks for coming. I know, you know, Mother's Day, it's one of those interesting days. It's, it's an exciting day for some of you. Um, for others, it's a difficult day. Um, you've lost a mother, or maybe you've lost a child as a mother. Um, some of you, you've never been married. You, you've never had children. Um, so it's a day of mixed emotions. Some of you are like me. You're a guy, so pff, Mother's Day. I mean, uh, it means you've got to go buy flowers and candy, and you're going to get a tie in a month. Um, you know, so... You know, it's kind of one of those kinds of things. So, we get, so you know, there's a lot of mixed emotions about it. As a pastor, it's really tough because, you know, you try to find a Mother's Day message. Well, I've been here 22 years, and so you've gone through most of the big Bible characters. Uh, so then it comes down to, so, so you know, you always start looking. Uh, and I ran across a deal, uh, not original with me, but it, it, it was a little devotional that I read, and it kind of sparked some ideas. So uh, we're going to talk about eagles. All right, um, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So uh, you're going to have to bear with me a little bit. Um, it actually does tie to the whole Mother's Day thing. And I'm going to try something a little different today. And when I say eagles, I'm not talking about the band. All right, uh, you have to be over 40 to get that one. Uh, <laughs> kids are going, what? There's a band called the Eagles? Yes, there is. Anyway, uh, okay, here's the... Here, I'm going to have him throw up a couple of pictures about eagles while I talk about it a little bit. Most of you know um, the bald eagle, which is, is the one. But th- there are a number of different kinds of eagles, okay? Uh, it, it, the eagle, when you actually do a little bit of research about it, they weigh between 10 and 15 pounds. They have a wingspan of anywhere from 6 to 7 feet. So it's a fairly substantial wingspan. Um, they live about 70 to 120 years. Um, a typical eagle is, an eagle is an incredibly powerful bird. Um, they actually have a recorded one of an eagle that killed a fawn mule deer that weighed 15 pounds and flew away with it. Um, the largest recorded animal that once killed was an 80-pound animal, um, where one actually killed an eight. Uh, now, you know, you're talking about five to six times its size. Uh, so they're incredibly, they can, their eyesight is four times more keen than ours. They fly anywhere from 50 to 100 miles uh, as far as uh, it goes. They can fly higher than any other bird. Uh, they are considered, in the bird kingdom, they're really considered the top of the food chain. Uh, throughout history, a number of nations have used the eagle as a symbol. Egypt, Rome, it was a very, very popular symbol. Even today, most crests of most nations have a bird on it somewhere. Uh, or some type of uh, bird part of it. I mean, for us, it's our national bird. Um, and we, you know, we put it even on our, on, on our coins. Um, biblically, the Bible has a lot to say about eagles, surprisingly. Uh, most of you know the verse in Isaiah about, and, and they shall mount up with wings as eagles, and run and not be weary, and walk and not faint. Uh, in Leviticus, they're, they're a bird that we're told not to eat, by the way, and, and not us, I mean the Jewish people were not allowed to eat it, because it was actually put in the same category as a vulture um, in the book of Leviticus. Because see, look, eagles, one thing is unique, they're meat eaters. So they were considered, in the Old Testament, kind of a scavenger bird, because they would eat meat. Um, and so they were one, one of the animals that were forbidden. You see them in the book of Revelation, 
Uh, you see an eagle as one of the four creatures. You also see um, an eagle actually pronouncing the woes um, in, 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 in some of the scenes that John sees. So it, it, it's fairly, you know, it's an interesting animal that comes up. I, I want to take a passage this morning that I want to look at is in Deuteronomy chapter 32. Let me set the background for you. In Deuteronomy 32, Moses is coming into life. He's about ready to die. He's, everything's going to hand off to Joshua. Moses is challenging the people of Israel one last time. And in there, he's reminding them about God and how God has taken care of them. And he refers to God as an eagle. So here's the, here's the passage, uh, Deuteronomy 32. Here's what he says. In a desert land, talking about God, he found, that he found him in a barren and howling waste. He shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye. He said, you know, God's really taking care of you. And then he goes on to say this. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. We'll talk about that in a minute. The Lord alone led him. No foreign God was with him. He said, Israel, I want you to understand that God has been kind of like an eagle to you, and actually, in this case, a mother eagle um, that hovers over its young, that would, would lift them up on its wings and that kind of thing. So that kind of got me going on, on some things about eagles. So I'm going to try something. This could actually be the biggest disaster in the history of preaching. But um, in Decorah, they have an eagle cam. I've been watching it this week, okay? I'm going to run it live up here while I'm preaching, okay? Unless a dead animal is flown into the nest, or somebody shoots one of the birds, or, you know, at that point, we could be, it could be a disaster. But that way, you can listen to me as I talk about it, and you can actually see, because in Decorah, Iowa, there are three, three babies, eaglets, chicks, whatever they call them, and then two, two eagles, and, and they've actually been active kind of this morning. So throw that up there. Let's see what's going to happen here, guys. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, no, you're not. Okay, it went, it went low on me again. Um, okay. I won't do it. Um, click. See that? No, don't do it. Leave it like that. You just watch that, okay? Uh, you just watch that. And, and, and so if you get bored listening to me, you can look at that. And, and you, you're probably not going to hear a thing I'm going to say. But, oh, 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 that's why I didn't want you to do that. Oh, there it is. There we are. Oh, I get so nervous. There you go. Okay, so now you can watch them. There's three of them up there, okay? And I'm hoping what you'll do is we're going to learn some stuff about eagles and how mom eagles and how dad eagles take care of their young because Moses applies the principle to God, and then we're going to jump the principle for God to us and, and you as parents to kids, okay? So we're going to kind of talk to all of this. So um, here, here's some things that I've been learning about eagles. Um, one of the things you learn about eagles is they build nests in incredibly high, high places. Um, they actually call them eyries. They, um, when, when, the, when these little things were born, one of the things that it does is they have to peck their way out of the shell. Okay? What's interesting about an eagle is the mother stands and watches. The mother will not help. It can take an eagle, eaglet, chick, I don't know what to call them. Um, it can take, uh, eaglet? Eaglet, eaglet, uh, it can take it up to three days to get through the shell. Now, here's what's significant. That's a test for the mother and for the baby. Because you see, if the mother helps it, oh, see that, everybody's going, oh, and then I got to turn and look now. Uh, 
This is going to be so hard to preach today. Uh, but what happens is, uh, Josh, wave if something drastic takes place. Otherwise, I'll just forget it, okay? Uh, but it's a test for mom and bird. It's a big test. Because you see, the, the thing about the, 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 the eagle is it, it knows that that baby has to survive in the world, so therefore it, it has to be careful about helping too much, and it knows from day one it's got to be careful about that. So from day one, it forces that dilemma of do I help this baby or not? And every nature in it says I want to, but it doesn't because it knows it's, it's essential to survival. Now, what's amazing is the nest that these things build. Um, actually, a, a typical nest um, can be three to, five, three to six feet in diameter and three feet tall. Uh, actually, in Ohio, they have a nest that has been used for 34 years. It's nine feet in diameter and almost 12 feet deep. Uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida, they have the record nest. The record nest um, is nine and a half feet wide and 20 feet deep. So these are some massive nests. Now you can imagine, if you take these things and drop them into a Nine and a half foot wide nest by 20 feet deep. They're incredibly protected. You see, that's what a mom does. That's what God does. That's what a, a parent does. Is, is they want to protect those little babies as they grow up. And, and that's really what, a, that's what God does to us. God, God protects us as well. And he goes, you know, I, I want to be careful that there's not too much that, that, that rattles them. Um, not only that, but... Um, it's interesting that how they teach these birds to eat. And I actually saw that. By the way, you can, you can YouTube this stuff. You know, they show you when they're hatching. They show you when they're feeding. They show you. It, it, I've been watching videos all week. Uh, but what's interesting is what the mom will do is the mom will fly in a piece of meat and will sit on the edge of the nest and then in front of the chicks pull a piece off and feed them because their beaks are incredibly powerful. But what, what's interesting is what they're doing is they're modeling for that, for that chick what that chick is eventually going to have to start doing. And then as they get older, they will drop the meat in the nest and the chicks will have to go over and pull it off themselves. So they don't like fly a little piece over and drop it and then fly another piece in like, you know, like, like robins or, or, or other kind of birds. They literally do it in front of the baby eagles, so they can see how to do it. See, look, as parents, that, that's what we need to understand. That's our role. Our role is to model stuff for our kids. Let me tell you something. You want to know one of the, you want to know one of the reasons I think parents ought to bring their children to church? Because when you model it, and they see it every single week, and they see that it has a role in your life, they tend to follow that as they get older. I'm not saying they always do. But they tend to see that as the norm. It's, it's, it's modeled for them. You know why it's so important for you to have a loving relationship? The greatest thing, you, I think the greatest gift you can give your kids is to love your spouse. Bottom line. So they grow up saying, when I get older, that's what I want. I want to spend my life with that kind of person. I want to have that kind of relationship. Those of you who are single moms and single dads, and you've got to do all of that stuff on your own. It's so important that you get healthy relationships surrounding that, that, that kid, good people to model it. When I, when I deal with couples, 
one of the things that I always deal with in, in marriage uh, for couples I'm going to marry is, look, go find a couple that you can look up to, that can be a mentor, that can help you. Um, all day Friday I was in a leadership deal, and um, one of the things that they kept saying over and over again was this idea of getting a mentor, being a mentor, and how important it was for young, young, young leaders to have mentors and for older leaders to mentor younger leaders. And it's so important because the mom would, would take that and, and, and it would protect that thing and it would show that and it would demonstrate it. It would constantly be doing, doing all that. In fact, they say that one of the things that the mom will eventually start doing is as, as kind of as they're eating, as they're sitting on the nest, the mother will actually sit on the edge of the nest and flap its wings. And what it does is it creates a downdraft and the, the chicks start to imitate flapping their wings and the downdraft actually lifts the bird up a little bit so it gets the, a, a little bit of an experience of what it's like to fly. Because you see, the, here's what's so important. The mother and the father eagle, they have one goal. You know what that is? No, 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 no. no even more important than that. Huh? No, even more important than that. It's awesome how they do that. I can't wait to get to that part. But... Um, no, you know what their ultimate goal for that eagle is? Not to fly, but to soar. Their ultimate goal for that eagle is, I want you to experience what it's like to soar. Not fly, but to soar. And is that not what we love in watching an eagle? You don't see an eagle like all the other birds going, <laughs> no, you see an eagle, its arms are outstretched, and it just rides those currents, and it goes, whoo. And then it comes down, and then it does it again. And you can watch it all day long. Why? Because, see, an eagle doesn't just fly. An eagle soars. And so from day one, mom and dad are trying to get that eagle to be able to soar one day. Not to stay in the nest, not to fly, but to soar. And so one of the things that happens is that's one of the ways that it starts to do it is it kind of creates that so that, 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 that little bird starts to get that kind of impression that, okay, you know what, uh, that's what we've got to do. And that's what's going to happen eventually to these birds. Then here's what's hap- interesting. One of the things about, notice that these birds, th- this morning at, nine, or at 8 o'clock when I threw this up and, and logged on to here, both eagles were in the nest. Now, where's mom and dad? Huh? Yeah, Soren. You know what? Here's the thing. I don't know where they are, but they ain't here. Yoo-hoo. Mom, they're not hovering. Mom, they're not going, oh, I don't want anything to happen with my little eagle deal. They're gone. They're away. Okay? Look, moms, look, dads, look, I get, I get that you love to hang on to your kids as long as you can. But do you understand how unnatural that is? Do you understand that biologically, the very first thing that happens after a birth, when a child leaves your body, one of the first things that they do is what? They clip the attachment to you. They clip that umbilical cord. Why? The very first act of having a child is the process of saying, I'm going to let go. And parenting 
is nothing more than a process of learning to let go. And the first time they feed themselves, and the first time they speak, and the first time they take that step, really? Really? Huh? No, it's not YouTube, it's Ustream. Okay. Oh, God. Gonna say, that's why I have a DVR. I pay extra so I don't have to watch that stuff. Um, oh, look at that. Okay, close out the little, close out the, hit that little X. Otherwise, we've got to watch ads the whole time. Yeah, no, 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 don't click on it or we'll go there. No, no, no. The little X right here. Right. Oh, no. Let's just stop and watch commercials all afternoon. Uh, but no, I mean, look, the whole process, I told you this could be a disaster. They, and they tell you, stage 101, don't put children or animals on the stage with you. Uh, but the whole process is learning to let go. When they drive off in that car for the first time on their own, when you drop them off at kindergarten, my, mom, my wife will tell you. My wife will tell you. The worst part of the first day is never the children. She's like, leave. I've done this for 25 years. I know what's going to happen. I can handle it. Having you hovering is not helping the process. Oh, but they'll cry. They can't get along without me. Leave. Go. Shoo. Away. Let me do my job. And then the parent, here's what's crazy. And then the next day, the parent, the kid's like, I want to go to school. I want to go to school. I want to, oh, you don't want to stay with me. I'm a failure as a parent. No, you're a success as a parent. When you drop that kid off the front door and the kid goes, great, I got another opportunity. You're a success as a parent because you've got to understand it's all about learning to let go. And then ultimately, I mean, and some of you, you know, some of you paid the ultimate price where you've had to let go of a child permanently, and I, and I can't imagine that. But the whole process of parenting is about letting go. It's about letting go of that child, you know, and, and, and I know, you know, it's, and, and my wife and I, we, you know, it's hard for us sometimes, you know, because we see them struggling and you want to help them, but you know that that's just going to hurt them in the long end, so you've got to kind of step back a little bit. Why? Because the whole process of, of parenting is letting go, and it's interesting because you know what's going to happen to these cute little things right here at some point? Mom and dad... I'm told, are going to start flying around the top of the nest with pieces of meat in their beak. And what are the birds going to do? Feed me, feed me, feed me. You know what mom and dad are going to do? They're not, you're exactly right. They're not going to feed them. They're going to let them get hungry. And then you see how this nest is lined with that soft stuff right there? They're going to start pulling it out of the nest. And they're going to start making that bird very uncomfortable in the nest because now the twigs are going to start poking it. And here's what's really crazy. You know what the mom's going to do and the dad's going to do at some point? The birds are going to start getting closer to the edge of the nest. And mom is going to go, boop. (laughs) Now remember, they're high up. So what's a bird going to do? 
and mom's going to swoop down. This is the Bible passage. Mom's going to swoop down. Dad's going to swoop down. They're going to land on top of their wings. You're going to take them up to the nest. You go, oh, I don't ever want to do that again. Boop. And then what's going to happen is at some point the bird's going to go, hey, remember when mom was like flapping her wing thing? Hey, let's try that. Whoa. That kind of works. And then they're going to tumble. And then mom and dad's going to rescue them again and take them to the top of the nest. They're going to go boop. And they're going to keep doing that until the bird learns how to fly. And you go, well, that's cruel. No, no, no. The whole purpose is not to fly but to soar. And before you can soar, you've got to fly. So mom and dad are going to keep doing that. They're going to make them uncomfortable in the nest. Listen to me. Wasn't one of our problems in 2014, moms and dads? We make home way too comfortable. Oh, I can't do that to my child. Boop. You go, well, that's cruel. No, no, no. If your goal is to keep them around and let them live the rest of the life in the nest, then you just keep making it comfortable. But if your goal is to watch them soar, they're never going to learn it sitting in a nest. And that's what the eagle realizes. And the eagle, I, with my kids, you know, I, we, we really have. Believe me, they can tell you. It was like 18. Boom! Um, you know? And I've told my kids, look, you can always come back here. You get in trouble, you get in over your head, this is always a safe place to land. But it's not a place to make up home for a long period of time. And I've told them, I said, look, after you get to college, after you get your college degree, you can move back home if you want. But you're going to pay rent. Because that's what you have to do in the real world. The world where people fly and soar, that's what they do. And I told my kids, and I said, oh, and by the way, you should know this. About every three months, the rent's going up. I said, because see, at some point, here's what's going to happen. It will be more expensive to live at my house than it will be to get your own apartment. Why? I want to teach you to fly. I want to teach you to soar. I'm not interested in having you sit in the nest where it's done. Because see, you know who the nest is all about? Me. That's all about me being comfortable. It's all about me having my kids close. It's all about me having my kids right there where I can watch over them and hover and, and do all of that stuff. It's really hard to let go. It's really hard to let go. By the way, grandparents, you know what your goal is for your uh, grandkids and great-grandkids? Teach them to soar. Not about, oh, we like going to grandmas because they do everything for us. I had a grandmother who taught me some great things. It was like, you want to eat ice cream with me? Yes. Okay, there's the bowl, there's the ice cream. She sat at the table with her little scoop of ice cream. I go over, scoop one out, sit down with Grandma. My grandmother passed away. <laughs> Family went through the house like crazy, grabbed all kinds of stuff. They said, is there anything you want? I said, yeah. I said, I want an ice cream dish. Oh, I don't know if anybody, we, I think we threw those out. Nobody wanted one of those. I said, yeah, they are. I said, I'll tell you where they are. You know how I knew where they were? Because I had gotten it. I said, they're in the little corner cabinet way in the back, stuck in the back. So there's a little stack of them. I said, I only want one. They went back, found one. They go, we can't believe nobody even knew those were there. What are those used for? Doesn't matter. I know. I want an ice cream dish. That grandmother who kind of taught me those kinds of things. You know, I had a grandmother who said, hey, we've got raspberries down there. 
You want some? Yeah, here's a bucket. That's how I learned what chiggers were. Yeah. See, I, I say that because the goal was to teach me to soar. And, and sometimes we think we're helping our kids and we're helping it, them, but we're really hurting them. Want to know why God allows some of the things he allows into your life? It's not about being in the nest. It's about learning to soar. It's not about being comfortable. It's about being the best that you can be. It's about experiencing life at the highest level you can possibly experience it at. And so they kick them out of the nest. And then what happens is, as they start to fly, they start to watch mom and dad. And so they're kind of flapping their wings, and they're doing a lot of work. And they sit back, and they watch mom and dad, and they catch one of those thermals, and they go like this, and they go, man, that's what I want to do. Mom, dad, tell me how to do that. Well, you know, you've got to kind of wait. You've got to be patient here. And you got, at the right time, as you're flying along, you'll, you'll feel a little updraft, and that's the one you want to catch. You just want to keep following all the way. You'll know when you start to get out of it, because you have to work a little bit. You want to get right back into it. You can ride it all the way up, and then you can come back down, and you can do, you can do that all day long. And when you're up there, you see stuff that none of the other birds get to see. When you're up there, you can find, you can find animals none of the other birds can see, because you get a whole different perspective from up there. See, that's, that's what ultimately is the goal for these three birds. And mom and dad from day one know that that's the goal. You know, it's no different for us. You know, moms, look, dads, grandparents, you go, well, I don't have any kids. Let me tell you something. Then, you know what? You're a role model to all these kids that were sitting here. And they're watching you. You know, that's the great thing for me. It's like I've been fortunate that my kids have grown up with lots of grandmas and grandpas and lots of aunts and uncles. People who are closer to them than our own flesh and blood. Why? Because they stepped in and they said, and, and we surrounded them by people like you who have taught them what it's like to soar. And so when they get in struggles and stuff like that, and, and right now it's so much fun. My wife and I are talking about, we're at like one, and I know every part of parenting's fun. Well, some of it. But uh, where we are right now, it's, it, it's like, you know, it's so much fun because they come in, oh, we're struggling with it. You know, you know, yesterday, you know, I got to say it. I got to tell a story. You know, yesterday, here, this is like one of the great, here's the highlight of my week. Okay, Jimmy comes, Jimmy calls me, and he says, Dad, can I borrow the tiller? What? Why? I want to put in a garden. Really? The same kid who used to yell at me every year about why we were planting a garden. This is the dumbest thing in the world. I don't understand why you're planting a garden, Dad. Is now saying, Dad, can I borrow the tiller to plant a garden? And I'm going, oh, God, this is just too good. <laughs> this is just too good. So yesterday, he, you know, I thought, well, I could go over and do it for him. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm just going to sit back and watch him go through the whole experience. So he brings it back yesterday, and so he dropped it off. I said, how'd it go? You know, he said, oh, yeah, good, 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 good. You know, it took a while, you know. Dude. So he's going through all of, all of that stuff. And then, he, then his last words before he walked out of the house were, hey, Dad, where can I buy potatoes at? Now, this is the same kid who for years dug potatoes, hated it, griped, complained, whined, said this is the dumbest thing in the world, is now going, I said, it's really tough being old, isn't it? And, then, <laughs> and he walked out and I thought, you know what? 
this is parenting at its finest, you know, when it's come full circle now. And, and I'm sitting there going, this is so cool. Why? Because it's kind of one of those things where they're, they're in the middle of falling out of the nest, flying and soaring. And it's so much fun to watch. And to sit back and go, and, and again, you know, they, understand, it's not all the parents. I mean, the eagle's got to decide to do something, you know, because it could just keep tumbling every single time. At some point, it's going to go, okay, I'm done with this. And that's what it, it takes people longer sometimes. Well, not all these birds are going to learn the same thing. But at some point, they're going to learn to fly. And ultimately, they're going to learn to soar. That's the goal. That's the purpose. And God says in Deuteronomy 32, let's go back to our passage. We can say bye to the decor of birds. You'll, if you follow this online, by the way. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest. He said, Israel, let me explain to you. God, God, God's kind of made the nest uncomfortable. You got so uncomfortable in Egypt that finally you said, we got to get out of here. And hovers over its young. It spreads its wings to catch them. It carries them aloft. That's what God's done to you. Yeah, the things that you've been through were uncomfortable. Yeah, God kicked you out. Yeah, you stumbled. And yeah, you fell. And, and yeah, you got all tangled up and stuff like that. But then, he, then at the right time, God swoops in and he carries you and he takes you back to the nest. And he does that all over again. And that's maybe the process you're in with God right now. You know, I'm sure those birds going through their head when mom comes up or dad comes up and kicks them out of the nest is like, how could you be so cruel? But you see, the focus of the bird is to teach them to soar. And they're never going to soar unless they have to go through some of that struggle. And that's where you might be right now. Where there's some things that have happened in your life that are just kind of overwhelming. It's not because God's mad. It's not because God's upset with you. It's because God genuinely wants you to learn how to soar. And you can't learn how to soar sitting where you are. And so God's not being a cruel parent or a cruel father, or a cruel parent to guide to you, or God to you. No, no, no. He's wanting the best for you. That's why he says, I am come, not that you just might have life, not that you just live in that, but you might have it abundantly, that you can have it at a level where you can soar as wings with eagles, as eagles with wings. You can soar like that. And you know, for those of you who are parents, remember, that's what we're trying to do. It's not about being popular. I always said, um, I'll be your friend until I have to make a decision between being your friend or your parent. And at that point, you've got friends. I'm the only parent you got. So my challenge to you this week, I guess, is this idea just to remember that, look, you know what? God's, God's goal for you is the same. And as parents, maybe you need to practice a little more letting go. Maybe you need to practice a little bit of pushing out. You know your kids best. You know what's best. But understand, how you respond to them determines a lot on where you're focused for them. How God responds to us is focused on what God wants for us. He wants the best. So you know what? Some of the things that he's going to do may seem harsh. It may seem cruel. Because he went, and by, by the way, if you think about it for a minute, what has that little bird watched sitting in that nest the entire time? Where does it have to look? It's looking up. 
It spent its time growing up watching mom and dad soar and swoop into a nest. You know, that's what it's watched. It's so important for us to be the kind of examples that we need to be. It's so important for us to model what we want for our kids. I'll never forget one year I got a call from one of the teenagers I had in youth group years and years and years ago, and they said, hey, I got a teenage daughter. I'm struggling. Doesn't have any interest in church, whatever else. And I'm saying, well, I, I, don't, I don't get that. So what happens when you leave the house on Sunday morning to go to church? You just leave her there? You know what they said? Oh, we don't go to church. I said, you know, I love you, but what would you expect? I said, what do you expect? You're wanting something for them you're not even willing to do. What do you expect? It's, a, it's that modeling idea that is so, so important. So as we close, I close with this. My prayer for you is that you understand that God cares for you as an eagle does its young. The things that he's doing in your life are for your ultimate good. And his desire is for you to learn to soar, not stay in the nest. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for the moms that you put in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that many of us had moms that were more concerned about us learning the skills that we need for life than uh, comfort or learning, Lord, to do what is most enjoyable for them. Lord, help us to be the kind of parents, to be the kind of grandparents, to be the kind of role models that people see Christ in us. That they see people who are living life above the level of just mediocrity. That are really enjoying all of life and, and all that life has to offer. And Lord, may they be able to desire that. And Lord, use us. God, we all struggle. Lord, there's some here who are really struggling right now because of all that's happened in their lives. But Lord, help them to realize that you're in the corner. That, uh, Lord, you do want what's best for them. And the things that have happened, Lord, have not happened to hurt them, but rather, Lord, to help them and to build them and, and use it, Lord, to, to accomplish that in their lives as well. And that they might be an example to us all. And we thank you for all you've done. Pray you'd use it in our lives this week. These things we ask in your great and precious name. Amen. Um, let's stand together and we're going to sing the... Uh,